Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Jesus at the very center. Hallelujah, it's always been you, God. You've guided me along this far, God. You've brought me this far. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of God here today. I feel the spirit of the Lord here today. Hallelujah. Amen. Such beautiful worship. Such great worship. Great people of God. Amen. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in here. As the worship team was singing, forever he is glorified. Amen. The grave could not contain him. Forever he's glorified. And because he lives, you can live. There's hope and there's freedom. In Jesus' name this morning. Hallelujah. My God, and you're in the right place. I'm in the right place this morning. Amen. You feel that way? Praise the Lord. I'm so honored to be here with you again. Feels like home to me. And uh, grateful to have Texas friends here. Jordan and, and Robert. Martinez coming all the way from Texas and uh, they have they probably have an accent too and grandma from Texas too, Jacob's grandma amen praise the Lord if you'll turn in your Bibles with me to Exodus We're going to go to Exodus 25. Exodus chapter 25 and verse 23. If you don't have your Bible, it's there on the screen. Thou shalt also make a table of shittim wood. Two cubits shall be the length thereof, and a cubit the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height thereof. Next verse. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold and make thereto a crown of gold about. And you shall make it for a frame of a, of a handbreadth all around, and you shall make a gold molding for the frame all around. And you shall make for it four rings of gold and put the rings on the, flower, on, the, on the four corners. Oh man, I must be thinking about Mexican food or something. <laughs> Not on the flower, but on the four corners that are at its four legs. The rings shall be close to the frame as holders for the poles to bear the table. And you shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold that the table may be carried with them. You shall make its dishes, its pans, its pitchers, and its bowls for pouring. You shall make them of pure gold, and you shall set the showbread on the table before me always. Pretty specific word from God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer today. God, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for leading us here today. Thank you, God, for your protecting hand, your hand of guidance upon our lives. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, we didn't just come for a couple hours to waste time, but we came to hear a word from you. And Holy Ghost, I know that you're in this place, and I know that you want to move according to your will, not our will, God. And so whatever the Spirit has to say unto the church, let it be said, God. Whatever the Spirit has to say unto the church, let the people receive it, God, with faith in their hearts. In the name of Jesus, let your will be accomplished today, God. Touch everybody with your spirit. Fill somebody with your spirit today, God. Let faith rise in the place today. Let there be no fear, no doubt. As a matter of fact, I bind the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. I bind the spirit of doubt right now in the name of Jesus. The spirit of depression, the spirit that would try and come against the body and come against the word of God. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I bind it by the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. And I loose the power of the Holy Ghost this morning. Let your will be accomplished, Lord. Have your way. We trust in you and we give you all the praise 
praise and glory for it. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Lord, we love you. God, you're worthy. God, you're worthy. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. You can be seated. Something about a home-cooked meal from Mama. Right? Made with love. (laughs) Who am I kidding? Forget the love part. Just made with something other than fast food ingredients, right? Made with something real. It's been a good five to six years. It's been a long time since this fat, out-of-shape boy has had a home-cooked meal on on a consistent basis. And... uh, so that would, that would tell you a few things about where I eat. But thank God for Sister Kylie. <laughs> Amen. And if you were here um, the other night at the rehearsal dinner, whew. But Brother Kylie called me this week and said, Joe, dinner's ready at 5. I'm going to pick you up. And I walked into that house. I sat down at that table. And that sweet smelling savor hit my nostrils, that meatloaf and those carrots, and I was done. I was done. There's just something about those words. Dinner's ready. How about Thanksgiving? That's coming up soon. My favorite, my favorite holiday, joined with family and friends and loved ones. And there's something about those words. Dinner's ready. I've been smelling it all day. I'm ready. Takes you back to a simpler place in time when mom would open the door and scream, if you don't get in here and wash up in two seconds, I'm going to knock your head off. That's how my my mom told me she would knock my head off probably every day of my life. Why, mom? Because dinner is ready. Amen. And I've, I've come to tell you today, dinner's ready. Dinner's ready. The Lord has prepared a feast for you today. He's here today and you can eat all that you want. You can come back for seconds. Dinner's ready. As the Israelites approached the tabernacle in the Old Testament, the first thing that they would gaze upon was 150 feet by 75 feet tent. Standing seven feet high, it was high enough that none would attempt to climb over it, and there was no way that you could duck under it as it was securely fastened. There was only one way in the tabernacle, and that was through the gate. A little sample taste of the seriousness when approaching God. There is only one way in. And the one way is through the gate. And if you come any other way, you're a thief. You don't belong unless you come in the front door. If you try to sneak through a window or try to sneak through the back door, you're a thief. And honey, you may experience an unpleasant homeowner. And can I tell you that God packs more heat? Than any of you Wisconsin's or any of you Texans with cowboy hats and cowboy boots and spurs. God packs more heat and God is serious about one way. Can I pause here for a moment and proclaim this gospel truth to you? There is still only one way. There's only one way to get to God, and that is the way that God himself has prescribed it. Oh, the world is trying to tell you something different today, aren't they? Culture is trying to force feed you. They say that there are many roads that all lead to the same place. Live how you would like to live. Do whatever pleases you. 
Maximize your fun. Do whatever feels good. Don't let anybody tell you how to live your life. Just live it to the fullest, they say. Kind of reminds you of the days of Noah, where they were eating and drinking and just having a party. Be tolerant of my beliefs. And I will be tolerant of your beliefs. As long as your beliefs do not impose an objective morality on my beliefs. I will tolerate your belief as long as you don't tell me that I'm wrong. (laughs) And that very kind of thinking is self-refuting, right? There There is a right and there is a wrong. And there is only one way to God. After all, if there is a God, they say, and who can really know for sure? But if there is a God, He's a God of love. He's not a God of judgment. Oh, Oh, yes, the world preaches a message that attempts to tickle your ears and pet and soothe your conscience. But there is still only one way that leads to God. I'm thankful for that way this morning. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. The truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There's only one way. Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. I'm so relieved that I don't have to concern myself with a list of ways to get to God. Somebody like me, I can't even make a decision where I'm going to eat. Can you imagine a list of ways to get to God? A list of ways to get to heaven? No, he made it real simple, real easy. There's only one way that I can take. He has made it really simple. And that is a huge relief. That's a huge weight off my shoulders. I'm so grateful for Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 through 6. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called to one hope of your calling. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Are you thankful for one way? There's still only one way into the kingdom. Hallelujah. The pressure then is off of you this morning. No pressure. Just follow the one path to salvation and you have all that you'll ever need. Thank you, Jesus. If you came to this place confused this morning, which direction should I take? Which way should I go? You've walked right into your answer. You've walked right into your answer. There's no need to look anywhere else. There's no, no need to go anywhere else. The Spirit of God is here. The truth is preached here. You can be delivered here. You can be set free here from your addictions and from your bondage. Has anybody been set free before? Hallelujah. Thank you for freedom, Lord. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. You have found what your soul has been longing for all this time. The first stage of the tabernacle, once the Israelites would enter inside the gate, it was divided into three parts, and you've heard some of this as, we, as they've been preaching and teaching. The outer courts for the common people, the holy place designated for the priests, and the holy of holies designated only for the high priest. Imagine yourself, picture yourself, as one of God's elect and chosen people, an Israelite entering into the tabernacle around 3,300 years ago. The bronze altar was the first piece of furniture that you would encounter as you entered the gate into the outer court. This is where the animal sacrifices took place for your sin. 
Can you picture it? As an Israelite, you would bring your animal to be sacrificed, a spotless animal, laying your head upon the animal's head, laying your hand upon the animal's head and confessing your sin. And then that innocent animal dies a cruel death because of sin that you committed. Any pet lovers? Yeah. Think about your sweet, innocent pet taking the heat because of what you did. Oh man, Peter <laughs> would go crazy. The brazen altar was the first step to the salvation of your soul. It was a place you repented, asked God, a loving and merciful God, to forgive you of every sin. And just as an animal, innocent animal was sacrificed for the sins of the people, Jesus Christ, who is the entrance to the tabernacle, he's the way, the truth, and the life, took your punishment. He took my punishment and died a cruel death. A spotless lamb, the Bible calls him, innocent, slayed from the foundation of the world because of my sin upon his shoulders. He took it, he bore it for me, dying a cruel death. The bronze laver was the, was the other piece of furniture inside the outer court of the tabernacle. This is where the priests would wash before the ceremonial bloodshed. The second stage of the tabernacle was the holy place where only the priest could enter in. No common person could ever enter into the holy place. You and I were not allowed in the holy place. We could not experience God for ourselves. We could never casually enter the presence of God. We could never casually just enter the presence of God as some of us do today. This was, no, this was a serious matter. Only those set apart to minister to the Lord on behalf of the people could dare step in to the holy place. The table of showbread, as you see before the pulpit today, was to the right of the priest as he would enter in. The acacia wood used to build the table was very strong wood. It was able to withstand storms. It was able to withstand the carrying and the, and the moving as the Israelites followed the cloud by day, followed the presence of God, and would go from place to place. It was also strong enough to withstand any storm, overlaid with gold, a symbolic foreshadowing of the deity of Jesus Christ. It also had a crown covering signifying the king's responsibility to reign over the people. There were 12 loaves of bread. You don't see them here today, but there were 12 loaves of bread on the table stacked in two rows of six. These 12 loaves represented the 12 tribes of God's chosen people, Israel. The loaves were baked fresh every Friday and replaced every Saturday upon the Sabbath. At the end of each seven-day period, the priests would divide and eat the bread. The freshly baked bread sprinkled with frankincense replaced the older bread so that there would always be bread upon the table. The table of showbread was the center of fellowship of the priests as they gathered to feast upon the bread. Are you thankful for the people of God that gather around the table in his presence? Are you thankful for the brothers and sisters who strengthen us through their love and their faith and their determination, their encouragement? I had a few brothers do that to me this morning. Building my, building my faith. Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more, as you see the day approaching. We must have fellowship centered around our physical and spiritual food like the, like with like-minded believers. 
We need one another. We can't make it without each other. There's no such thing as sitting at home and watching a TV program as a preacher preaches. We can't make it without one another. There is no heaven without each other. There's nothing like a good church. There's nothing like the people of God communing one with another in the house of God. Acts chapter 2, verse 42, you see it in the New Testament as well. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. The showbread not only represents us as the children of God, it represents Jehovah, God, having fellowship with his people, connecting with us, commuting with us through his word. Not a day went by that the showbread was not out upon the table before the presence of God, before the face of God. The priests even, one commentary said, the priests would take such painstaking care as they took the old showbread off to eat and replace the new. They did it, two, two priests on one side of the table, two priests on the other, and as the old bread was removed, the new bread was being placed so that there was never a time where the showbread was not on the table. Always before the eyes of God, Always before the presence of God. Are you thankful that you're always before the eyes of God? He sees every hair on your head. He knows your name. He knows your circumstance. He knows little old me with my insignificant problems. Nothing's too little for God. Nothing's too big for God. He knows your name this morning. He's got a message for you today. And just as the bread sat upon the table every day, can I tell you a fresh word is available for you every day. Every day. Okay, okay, so I get it. I get the meaning of the tabernacle and the elements. What, what, what's all that about? What, what does it mean? You know that God, all that he ever really wanted was relationship. All he ever had a desire for was someone to fellowship with, to talk to, to walk with, to share with, to share his presence with. All God ever wanted was you. He walked with Adam, the Bible says, in the cool of the day, talking with him, fellowshipping with him, maybe singing with him. Maybe laughing with him. Sharing everything with him. God had everything that he had ever dreamed of until man betrayed him and broke that relationship. Anybody ever betrayed him? So being the gracious and loving God that he is, he immediately began working, began devising a plan he looked for someone who cared enough about any type of relationship with him. He was just seeking somebody, somebody who would, who would connect with him and say, yes, Lord, here I am. He looked, he looked for that one person that said yes and made a nation out of him. Abram simply said, yes, Lord. But it wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. With all the grain offerings and the peace offerings and the sin offerings, 2.7 million Israelites, an estimated 256,000 sacrifices a year, an estimated 20,000 blood sacrifices a day. I asked you to picture it. You can't really picture that, can you? You can't really take your mind to that place. 20,000 innocent, innocent animals dying because of my sin and your sin. It was too great. Can you imagine? The priests worked in 12-hour shifts, never off the clock. It took two hours to burn an animal. 
week after week, month after month, year after year. We couldn't, we couldn't do it. We couldn't measure up. It wasn't enough. How could it ever be enough? There was no way a sinner could ever repair the damage that was caused. There was no way that man could ever live up to the law. There was no way that man could ever measure up to the justice that the law required. There was no way man could be reconciled unto God through the cost of an innocent animal's blood. But then a man stepped on the scene and changed absolutely everything. Hallelujah. How many of you have that testimony today? How many of you have been blood-bought? How many of you have been sanctified? How many of you were in a depth, in a, in a pit, in depths of despair? You didn't know where to go. You didn't know what to do. And God just picked you up out of the muck and the mire. How many of you just thought you were living life to the fullest? You just thought you were having a good time. And God just woke you up and said, come, draw nigh unto me, and I'll draw nigh unto you. Are you thankful for the presence of God that didn't leave you alone, that brought you to the house of God today? Are you thankful for that blood? Are you thankful for that Christ? Jesus, he paid it all. Jesus paid it all. My life was a wreck. <laughs> My life was a wreck. Oh, sure, I came in as an eight-year-old boy. How, bi how, how big of a mess could I be? Well, let me tell you something. My family's life was a wreck. We were hopeless. We were helpless. We didn't have a name. We didn't have a pedigree. Some of you were so worried about talent. I can't, I don't have this talent. I don't have a name. God doesn't care about that mess. That's all junk to God. He's just looking for somebody who says, yes, God, I need you. I'm hungry for you. I desire your presence. I want nothing more, God, than to know you. And my family was a wreck. We were a wreck. I remember crying myself to sleep night after night, hearing my parents fight, hearing them throw things, hearing things break in the kitchen. As a seven-year-old boy, when's it ever going to end? My family's going to be shattered. My family's going to break up. Me and my brother are going to be lost. Where are we going to go? As a seven-year-old child, oh, I didn't commit many sins yet but I was born into sin and I was shaping into iniquity and I was in that place of sin. But God, but God, thank you, Jesus, for mercy. Thank you, Lord, for a little old Pentecostal lady who kept quiet. She kept to herself, but she carried a Bible. <laughs> she carried a big stick. And she, she worked with my mother. And just one day, driving down the road, mom's turning the, turning the station and she picked this little old lady up from work because she didn't have a car. And she was so quiet, didn't say a word, ever said a word. Mom just turned in the station. And there's a gospel song on. And we were good old Catholics. And something my mom felt. She said, man, I wish I went to a church like that. I wish I went to a church like that. I wish I experienced the, God, the presence of God like that. And this little quiet lady, her name is Mindy Scannell, I'm forever indebted, said, I go to a church like that. And mom said, yeah, right. It was a black, black gospel choir singing. She said, yeah, right. You with your long hair and your Bible, you don't go to a church like that. She said, well, we're having revival. Why don't you come see? And I'll tell you what. Moving from a Catholic church to a Pentecostal church will blow your mind. Hallelujah. And it blew my mind. As my mother and I walked in that church, we were the first ones through the door. I, don't, I can't remember that night if my brother and my father were with me, but I know me and mom were because I remember walking through those back doors and seeing Pentecostals worship I'd never seen anything like that before some lady doing a jig against the wall and me and my mom just 
completely lost it. We were laughing, laughing. Never seen anything like that before. But it didn't take too long before mom felt the presence of God. And she said, this is real. This is real. I'm going to come back. I think I'll keep coming. I think I'll come back. And dad said, no, no, it's a cult. It's a cult. But dad kept coming for her to protect her. Sitting, sitting there staunch on a pew with his, with his arm draped across us and just sitting there with a cold look on his face. Mom got the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name and dad couldn't run. He tried to run. We had an evangelist come through not too long after and preach the word of God made my dad so mad. He made him so mad because he was so convicted in his heart. He got up and he took off out of the church and thank God for the evangelist Danny Hood who stopped and he went out and grabbed him and he talked to him for 30 to 45 minutes and brought him back in the house of God. Hallelujah. Thank God for an altar. You see, when Jesus Christ paid the price, we no longer have to carry a tabernacle and a table of showbread and an altar of incense and have to go through rituals and ceremonies, but we could just come to an altar. And my dad found an altar and he hit his knees and he repented of his sin and God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Can you remember when God filled you with the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah. Thank you, God, for truth. Thank you, God, for visiting my family when we were nothing, when we were broken, when we didn't have a name and we didn't have talent. But God, you visited us and you took us from where we were and brought us into your marvelous light. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. By God. Isaiah 9, 6, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Oh, I've experienced all of that, and I know you have too. Matthew 1, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Philippians 2, 9 through 11, wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, everything, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Acts chapter 4 verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. One way, folks, one way. Acts 2 38, then Peter said unto them, you can quote it, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. One way, one way. Thank you, Jesus, for one way. And you have your own testimony this morning. Somebody told you everything. That somebody told you that he was everything that you would, you would ever, ever need. You didn't need anything else. Somebody told you about his name. You encountered Jesus Christ for yourself. And your life was forever changed. And let me tell you something. If you haven't experienced that just yet, you're in the right place. You're in the perfect place for that experience this morning. Jesus Christ wants to fill you with his spirit and forever change your destiny, forever change your fate, forever change your family, forever. No longer burdened under the shackles of sin, but Jesus Christ is ready to break those chains this morning. Oh, but as much as we exalt the name of Jesus, as much as we love that precious name of Jesus, as much as we glorify the matchless name of Jesus, those who have been rescued, the psalmist said he has magnified even his word above his name. 
Psalm 138 verse 2, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word even above all thy name. The name of Jesus makes every demon in hell tremble. Just the very mention of his name, it will cause every knee to bow and every tongue to confess that Jesus is Lord. But even still, God has magnified his word above his name. Why? Because my name is what you call me, but my word is who I am. Hallelujah. And this very word of God, the very word of God, Jesus Christ himself, is in your hands today. Somebody lift your Bible up. Hold your Bible up. The very God himself is in your hands today. Somebody hold up your phone. If you don't have your Bible, you got your Bible app. The very word of God is at our fingertips today. It's so readily available. The word of God is more available to us now than it's ever been in the past. And yet, it's read less than it's ever been in the past. The very word of God. No longer do we have to rely upon the priest to feed on the word of God for us. So what are you waiting for? That's my question to you this morning. What are you waiting for? Come to the table of showbread. The placements are set with the finest china prepared. God has set a table in order for you. And dinner's ready. Dinner's ready. John chapter 6 verse 33 through verse 37. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then say they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. All you have to do is come. All you have to do is come. The table is set before you. John chapter 6, verse 53 through verse 57. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life with you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. You've got it right here. That's right. Everything that you ever need is right here. Oh, God, I need a word. I need a word from you. God, give me a word. Send Pastor Kylie. Help him whisper in my ear. If you're God, and God said, I've given you 66 words, 66 books that you can find the word. Everything you ever need is in this word. And can I tell you, if you're looking, if you're one of the people that's looking for some new revelation or looking for something new, some new fad, it's not out there. Oh, the world's going to give it to you. They're going to come up with something else that will blow your mind. (laughs) But everything that you've ever needed is in this word, and there's nothing else. If you're looking for something else to satisfy your soul, you're not going to find it. It's right here in the book. It's right here in the book. If you're looking for something else to save your soul, it's not going to happen. You will not enter in unless you eat this book. Anybody got an appetite for good food? Any good, any foodies in here? Oh, I know some foodies in here. I am one too, as you can tell. Foodie, it's people that like food. 
God, that you would give us an insatiable hunger for your spirit and for your word. God, that you would give us an insatiable hunger for your spirit and for your word. I don't need my physical needs satisfied. I've got to have my spirit satisfied. My spirit, my soul is dry, is, 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 is dry and I need the thirst. I need, I need the water to cleanse me. I need the water to fill me. Anybody feel that way? My God, the spirit of the Lord is here and this is all you ever need. Eat the book in the beginning. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All you need right here, I'm going to say it again, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, you know this well, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Why? Why, God, have you magnified your word above your name? I'll say it again because my name is what you call me, but my word is who I am. My God, thank you for the revelation of Christ Jesus. You see, you can use my name for cursing. Oh, you can go ahead and sin against me if you want. Blaspheme my name. Go ahead and use my name for cursing if you want to. You can drag my name through the mud. And stick my name on everything evil that you desire. But you will never be able to use my word against me. Never. Because my word is my bond. And I will do what I said I would do. Go ahead and try and quote scripture. Cursing. Go ahead and try and do that. You can't do it because I'm the living word. Go ahead and, and, and say my name. And use it the way you want to use it. Fine. But you will never be able to say anything against my word. Because my word is who I am. My God, can I tell you this morning that everything you have ever needed, everything you've ever dreamed, everything you've ever imagined is found in this book. It is your salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord, the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? This book is your comfort. Anybody ever needed some comfort? You were alone? All alone? Anybody ever gone through an alone time? <laughs> this book is everything you need. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Oh, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Everything that you need is in this book. Everything that you need is in this book. Hallelujah. Oh, Joe, chill out. Settle down. You're too excited. I'm telling you, this word saved my soul. This word saved my soul. I told you when I was an eight-year-old kid, baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I was born in sin, shaping in iniquity. But I was okay, right? I didn't rob a bank, right? May have told a few white lies, right? Oh, but I'm going to tell you what, this word kept me when I was a 16, 17, 18-year-old punk kid who decided, yeah, I'm raised in church, but I just want to kind of do my own thing. I just kind of want to follow the flesh. I just kind of want to, I just desire the things of the flesh. I think I'll go here. I think I'll do this. I think I'll disobey. I think I'll rebel against the word, against the word. Oh, but I made the unfortunate mistake of putting this word in my heart and my soul. You can't run from the word of God. You can't run from the word. And it would torment me at night. It would torment me at night as I'd lay my head down and knew you're not living right. And this word would speak to my heart for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There's no way I can run from this word. There's no way. 
my God, and he's kept you. He's brought you all along the way. He's kept your soul. Is anybody thankful that God's kept you? Is anybody thankful that God didn't leave you alone? But he kept drawing you. He kept pulling you. He kept saying, come unto me. All ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I will give you rest. Oh, I did, I, I, I did Bible quizzing for too long. Eight, nine, ten years. I stuck that word in my head. Thousands and thousands of verses would torment me. Oh, yeah, you want to go do your own thing, Joe? God, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Oh, God, search me and know me. Try me. See if there's any wicked way inside of me. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And even when I didn't mean it, the word would play over and over in my head. And God didn't let me go. And God's here this morning for you. God's here this morning for you. Don't make the mistake of walking out these doors without coming to the table. Don't make the mistake. God's here for you. Can we lift our hands right now? Holy Spirit, you're here. You're here, God. Make a difference. Make a change. Let our faith rise to meet you and say, yes, God, we're simply, we're simply willing. My God, we're willing. Oh, this word will give you everything you need. I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say to God. God simply wants to hear your voice. Well, I still don't know what to say to him. Open up this word. Open up this word. God gives you a line by line how to pray. <laughs> Open up this word. Eat this word. Memorize this word. Sing this word. Pray this word. Anybody ever prayed the word? Anybody ever prayed the word over your stronghold? Anybody ever prayed the word over your kids? I'll tell you, I had a mom and dad who prayed the word over her kid. And I thank God for it. She didn't leave me alone. She kept praying the word and praying the word. Pray the word over your situation. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. This word will keep you. This word will keep you. Hallelujah. It will keep you from every sin. Praise God. Are you thankful for the word? Clap your hands to the Lord this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Dinner is ready. Dinner is ready for anybody who wants to come and dine. This word will be your guidance. That word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When I don't know where to go and I don't know what to do, I open the word. God, give me a word from some prophet somewhere. Nope. God, send me a preacher. Nope. Open the book. Open the book. I've given you a word. Hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you something. When you put this word, when you eat this word, when you put it inside you and you never leave it alone, this word will live forever. Heaven and earth shall pass away. But my word, that word that I exalted above my name, my word will live forever. Uh, I'm telling you, your body's going to pass away. Your flesh is going to pass away. Who knows? Your memories might pass away. I don't know. But I do know one thing. His word will never pass away. Put this word in your soul. Eat this word. This is the best word. There's no other way. There's only one way to heaven. And I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ demolished Satan and took ownership of Satan uh, and no longer when he died, when he said it is finished, the, the curtain was torn. No longer are we Israelites who can only enter the first phase of the tabernacle, but we can enter as priests, even as the high priest entered into the holy of holies. We can enter in. And God's calling you this morning. God's spirit is ready for you to, to respond yes. Who's going to respond yes? Can we stand together? Who's going to respond yes to the, to the voice of God? No longer, if the music will come, no longer do we have to sit and wait on somebody else to intercede to God for us. Do you realize what Jesus Christ did? He paid the price so that I could talk to him, 
personally. He restored that friendship. He restored that relationship in the garden. And because he lives, we have a chance. We have a chance. My God, can you lift your hands? Can you thank God for the word? Thank you for your word, God. God, forgive my heart for taking it for granted. Forgive my heart for not opening your book every day and reading the words of life. I am the bread of life. Oh, God. God, give me a hunger, an insatiable hunger for the spirit and for the word. Everything else will pass, but my word will never pass away. Come on, somebody. You hold the keys to your kingdom, to the kingdom in your hand. You've got the keys, and it's his word. Come to the table. Come to the table. All of you who will, come to the table. Dinner's ready. God has prepared a feast for you. God has prepared it for you. And if you won't come, somebody from out there, way out there in the highways and the byways and the hedges, if you don't come, somebody will. Somebody will. If you don't come, somebody will. All who will, God has prepared a table. Would you come? The Lord's ready to meet your need. The Spirit of God is here. Oh, God, thank you for your Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit and your word. Your word's even above your name. Yes, God. Come on, the Lord wants to hear your words. The Lord wants to hear your prayer. The Lord wants to hear you. The spirit of the Lord is ready to make a change in you. He's ready to make a Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.